Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Melissa Way. Hello. Melissa Way is a parkour coach and artist from Pennsylvania. In addition to coaching with Parkour Generations Lehigh Valley, she's involved in the Movers Mindset podcast. As an artist, she's interested in how both physical and visual creativity can change the way we perceive and interact with our environment. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Craig. Melissa, your session was titled The Art of Space, How Parkour and Art Intersect. Can you give me the you know, executive level summary of what you covered and, and like the topics and how it played out? Sure. My talk was about um, art and parkour. Uh, I'm an artist, so that's kind of my area of interest. And the, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea behind the talk was using art with parkour design to create spaces that are uh, really beneficial and really excite people beyond just the parkour community. So how can we use art to design a space that is good for parkour, but also really good for the general public? And maybe that will start to bring people to be interested in movement or interacting with that space. I know that this was the first time you gave this presentation here, and I'm wondering how maybe the vision of what you thought it would be like when you delivered it, maybe how that differed with that this group, did the group here surprise you in some way, or was there some thread that they jumped on that you didn't expect? I think it went the way I expected it to. So I was really happy with uh, how all of that went and everybody's response to it. Um, because the idea was to get people thinking about that idea in a different way um, and just how we can use art or how art connects. And that went really well. What surprised me was the ideas that people instantly started coming up with around that topic and how we could invite people to play through visual and artistic means. And there were just ideas bouncing around the room and it was a really, really awesome, uh, I, I don't wanna say part of my talk because I wasn't doing the talking, uh, but that exchange was kind of, I think, the best takeaway. And for people who are listening who might be interested in, well, what exactly does this mean to combine, combine art and parkour art and movement in general? Can you pick out maybe one or two threads of the story that you unpack for them? Of course. Um, art and parkour, I, as being someone who does both, I've seen a lot of conceptual connections between the two, just in terms of how artists approach their work and how parkour people approach their training. Uh, but beyond that, there's the connections of what both of those things are capable of doing. So some of the ones that I pulled out were discussing how art and parkour can both create interaction and connection between people and a people in a space, how they can both change the way that people view a space uh, and therefore how they use it, as well as they both have the ability to kind of create a pattern interrupt to put people into a playful kind of mind space. So the, the phrase pattern interrupt is not normally used in, I think, discuss, in visual discussions, even in movement discussions, really. Um, what do you mean by pattern interrupt? Can you give me an example or two of that? Sure. So when I discuss pattern interrupt, I'm talking about that moment of kind of interest or curiosity that breaks people out of their normal day-to-day -day just kind of lives. If you're just in your routine and going through the motions of life, a pattern interrupt is something that 
kind of catches your attention and messes with that in some way. Um, so that could be visually just seeing something interesting that you want to explore further. Uh, or this happens with like movement people all the time where we just see opportunity everywhere with like that sense of, oh, how could I move through the space and those opportunities. Um, so that pattern interrupt is just making people notice the world around them. And if you could have planted, uh, I think you planted a number of ideas, but if you could have planted only one idea in each of the people who heard the session, um, because I want the people listening to hear that idea, what, what would that one idea be? If there's one thing that like, what's the seed that then causes them to come back to the topic and to keep digging into the topic? I think that seed would be just the idea of creating a space and how to do that. So I kind of talked about how parkour spaces can be really limited just in the fact that they are specifically designed for people who already do parkour. And that's awesome, but anyone who doesn't already do parkour looks at that space and goes, I don't know what to do with this. And while the design is really interesting to those of us who move and can see those possibilities, in terms of aesthetics to someone who doesn't do that, there's not that much going on to look at that they can also appreciate. Uh, it might be interesting, but it's not necessarily something that will really hold your attention. So if I could have one takeaway for people, it would be just approaching parkour spaces differently with the intention of making it aesthetic and accessible in terms of either visually or physically for everyone, not just people who do parkour. And I think if we do that, we can help to spread parkour and it gives us kind of an the ability to go into a public space and propose an idea that isn't just for our community. So therefore, it might be better received by that community and gives us better chances of being able to create movement spaces or art parks, if you will, that we can use but also benefit the community that they're in. I think that's that's a key point, or, or really interesting. I, I think that's interesting because a lot of times I hear people talk about ideas. I even say, like, oh, I want to build a parkour park in my community. But in a way, that's asking for something from your community. I would like to take this piece of usually public space, and I would like to use it for X. And, and of mm -hmm. course, you're going to pick something that you're interested in, which is fine. But if you're able to flip that around, so if you go to your local community and you say, I'm going to replace all the park benches, they'd be like, okay, as long as you... Like, you know, yeah, give us the money. Like they, they would be delighted for you to contribute. And we all know that, but somehow that seems to get lost when we start talking about, I want more opportunity to move. Therefore, my solution is give me the space. And, and I think if you approach it with, uh, I think we can create something for the community, then they'd be more receptive. I'm guessing you would agree with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was one of my points. Uh, if you go to a community or a group and say, hey, I'd like to build a parkour park, the first response you're going to get is a, a what? Like, a what? That, <laughs> right. And the second response is no. <laughs> <laughs> right. So parkour isn't necessarily like well-known enough. It's starting to kind of be more well-known. Um, but like most city officials are going to be like, I like, I don't know what you mean by parkour park. So uh, that's where like the art part can come in where art has had a long history and there's already a lot of programs in place in a lot of cities and grants available to create public art. So being able to tap into that can give parkour a space as well as like a space for other people in the community, which is already more appealing uh, to like a city council or whoever 
And that kind of allows us to get a foot in the door uh, in a way that lets us be beneficial to the community. Moving away from your actual talk for a second, I'm wondering, you've been at a number of the Art of Retreat events, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on having made the jump, oh, sorry, that's punny, but having made the jump from attending to actually presenting. And, and what I'm looking for is, I think there are people that I'm beginning to see or, um, repeatedly at the event, and I'm wondering like, what prompted you to like take the jump to create the topic? That's actually a great question. Uh, after I'd been to Art of Retreat and kind of seen what it was about, like I'd of course heard about it, um, but the way that people talk about it is like, oh yeah, these like experts in their field, right? And it is like, it's people who know what they're talking about, but you don't have to be the definitive expert. It's if you have something to share. So I'd been kind of researching this topic and idea and working on this for a while and I'm passionate about it. So I was like, okay, I think this is something that I actually know more about than most people do because I've been putting in a lot of work to it. And I think it's something that people could benefit from and be really interested in. So I was like, okay, well, why not? So, and it's one of those things like you just apply. So if you have an idea, you just need to apply. And I was like, maybe I'll get in, maybe I won't, but I did. And now here I am. So it's a pretty like painless process. And it, I think it's just, you have to think about it. Like, have you been putting in like the research and the effort into your idea? And if that's the case, then you definitely would have something to present. I think it also would be an opportunity for people who haven't had the chance to to really like step forward, you know, from their field. So whatever your, whether it's coaching or art or whatever your discipline is, you kind of get like the imposter syndrome of like, well, who would I be to talk about it? And you made the the good point about just the feedback from peers is extremely useful and rare, hard to get. America is a huge place. But also the idea of like, if you, you discover that, I don't know if I can talk in front of people for an hour and a half. And then you realize that every single thing that they say, you either go, that's an excellent idea. And like, that's a really good place to start. I'm well beyond that. And then you know the next mm -hmm. question to ask them. Or they ask you something you've never heard of and you go, that's a really good question. And I have all these ideas about it. You just like, it forces you to face mm -hmm. your actual mastery level of the subject. How do you think that'll play out for what your pursuit and your study of art is currently versus how that would play out going forward now that you've gotten this glimpse of like people really are interested in this who aren't inherently artists? I think that's a really good point. So I, this was kind of one opportunity to talk about this and I had uh, had one opportunity to before this and I had taken a graduate class this summer around art and my, I selected this idea as my topic of creating like movement spaces and inviting people to play and how to do that. But I was in a class of other people who were all artists, not necessarily movers. Mm -hmm. So I got some really interesting feedback from them as I'm like kind of talking about my ideas and hearing from them like, oh yeah, I love that. But like, this is what I would need as someone who isn't inherently a I don't consider myself a mover or a fitness person. This is what I would need to feel comfortable. So I got some really good feedback from that. And I think being able to bring that to people who are movers was really valuable. And in addition to that, being able to discuss it with people who are movers and change their paradigm and kind of get that discussion started was really my goal. And I think that worked out really well. And it, that's the benefit of it, right? Is getting more people to kind of see that connection and be able to then identify it and maybe start working towards it mm. and 
just creating that dialogue and there was like i said with my talk a lot of really good dialogue around it and i certainly didn't talk for an hour and a half uh a lot of like not a lot but the whole end of my presentation was just us discussing ideas and bouncing things around and like oh what if we did this how would this invite people to play or i have this idea about this and if i could change a space to do this uh so just getting those ideas out there um and helping people to see that opportunity was the goal and like i said i think i'm really excited about the outcome and the people who were there and i'm really excited about their excitement about it (laughs) (laughs) with each of these spark talks we've been trying to break the fourth wall because obviously people are listening Mm -hmm. and the question is all right if we've gotten a little glimmer of interest from someone what's something that they could do um and maybe we make it really challenging. What's something that they could do that would actually have a physical outward effect that you can hope to spark from these ideas? That's a great question. I think the first thing that people can do is kind of join the conversation. So an easy way to do that would be just kind of looking at your own city and your own spaces and saying, okay, where are the places that people gather? Where is like, is there any public art in my city? How are people using that space? Uh, and starting to think about those ideas. And if you are part of a parkour gym, thinking about, okay, what visually, what does my gym look like? Is it inviting to kids? Is it inviting to adults? Who's my audience with that? And starting to really consider those ideas when you're designing, not just, oh, this box is great for vaulting, uh, or I really (laughs) like this bar setup, but how can I make this visually appealing and fun to look at for other people? Uh, And of course, like entering in the dialogue around it, whether that's like trying to reach out to people via social media or searching out this idea on the web. I would love to hear from people. Uh, well, that begs the other <laughs> question of like, so how can people reach you? <laughs> uh, right. So I'm on Facebook, just Melissa Way. I'm on Instagram uh, as Melzika03, M-E-L-Z-I-K-A-0-3. Uh, and I would welcome emails. Um, it's same handle at gmail so i would love to hear people's thoughts around this idea uh i'd love to collaborate with people or just talk about it more as you can tell i could talk (laughs) about this all day long that's usually the case most of the guests that i sit down to talk with they sit down they're a little reticent not sure how this is going to go and then it's like i I just like go and i have a question and then wow it's usually very easy um and that's one of the things that i think um people discover when they present is that if you're passionate about something, it's pretty hard to be passionate and have absolutely nothing useful to say about it. You will have said those things and then your passion will have forced you to dig in deeper. Mm-hmm. So um, go ahead. Gonna... Well, and the beauty of Art of Retreat is that everyone who attends is really passionate too. So it's yeah. not just you presenting something you're very passionate about to people who are like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like your, your session ends up being like a bunch of people being like, oh, yes, this right. is such a cool idea. And like, what could we do with this? So being able to present to a group of people who are equally passionate is huge and kind of what makes Art of Retreat really special. Different question than I've asked other guests. Um, do you think it's possible to entice, um, I was going to say like random artists, and by that I mean people who are not movers. Um, do you think it would be possible to entice those people to apply to present here? I think that's an interesting question. Uh, I think you could, but it would depend what their focus is, right? So if they're working on that type of idea. Right. Potters, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if it's if they're like working on public art or working on creating interactive art, I think that could be really interesting. 
but I, I do think they would have to like think about it through the lens of parkour. So starting a conversation with someone and maybe trying to collaborate with an artist and say, okay, here's like an idea I have. What would you like, what are your thoughts on this in terms of design or how might you change this or how does this read to you? So starting conversations with artists, if you know an artist, that's a great starting place as well. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it could be interesting and potentially valuable to have some actual non-movement mm -hmm. artists come present at an event like this. Yeah, one key point that I don't know that we've made in any of the interviews so far is you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a single person doing the presentation. Sometimes there mm -hmm. are double two people doing a presentation. Right. And that would be a really interesting scenario to bring in. Like I've, I've seen presentations where one person was a, a photographer for real, like for <laughs> realsies, and combined with a videographer. And both of them um, do parkour and movement, but they probably don't identify primarily as parkour practitioners. And those can be really interesting because then you get the interplay of two master, two people at mastery level of these other mediums, which mm -hmm. have nothing to do with movement. So they can just like take off their parkour hat and they put on their other medium hat. And then you're just drawn to this conversation like, whoa. <laughs> so I don't see any reason why you would right. need to have a parkour hat to, and then take it off. You could just show up and be, I'm right. really into art or I'm really into somatic therapy or something. Well, and I think that's, that's partly also on the prerogative of like, art of retreat and kind of communicating oh, sure. yeah, like what that's about <laughs> right but it would be interesting i think um i'm wondering if you have a feel and maybe the answer is no <laughs> wonder if you have a feel for how the attendees um are like there's a different there's almost like different tracks you could you know right. based on what you pick and i know that the schedule is laid out in some sense to try and make people have ability to reach different kinds of sessions i'm wondering if you've gotten any feedback from the people who attended your session about whether they were picking more let's call them unusual sessions as opposed to things people might think we would be doing here. Oh, a session about coaching. Oh, that's completely unexpected. Um, <laughs> the sessions are great, but it's exactly what you would expect to find here. Right. And your session is not what the people who don't come here would expect to find here. So I'm wondering <laughs> if, your, if your attendees gave you any vibe on like they really thought this one stood out or they want more like this or they were picking all the ones like this. I don't know that I think anyone was picking all the ones like this. I mean, my group was pretty small but we were small and passionate. Uh, so I think it attracted the people who were interested or kind of intrigued or like amenable almost to that topic. We were like, oh yes, this is something I wanna know more about. And um, I, I could have selected a title that was a, like a little bit more um, luring right 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 not that it was terrible but you could have like specifically tried to i could have made up. it a little bit more like subversive to kind of get people to be like hey what what is this about um but i think it was good to have like a smaller group that was able to kind of discuss and like spend that time with those ideas so yeah that's a good point some of the sessions i mean the really big sessions might have a dozen people in them but still if you have a dozen people and you say all right and everybody tell me your story well that's your whole right. session whereas <laughs> if you have a small group um some of the groups can get really small but they can do cool things like six people can move through the woods as a group and, and actually not you know be like this giant mass so it there are a range of sizes of the sessions how about one more curveball do you think that there's going to be a shift so right now it's definitely an uphill battle. If you want to build some sort of parkour space, mm -hmm. you, you kind of like sneak it in. It has to be, oh, it's a movement space. And then you have to, so the municipality doesn't know what it is. And I'm wondering if you think that there's a shift coming about as movement becomes more available, we can actually sneak more art in without having to like hide the parkour <laughs> space in the art. We can actually bring more art to people 
and like actually sneak it into the back of movement. And like, I'm wondering how those two are going to, I hate to use the word synergy, but I'm wondering how much synergy we can get between movement and art uh, in the near future. I think it's one of those things that we think about as separate, but really like I talked about kind of, as you said, sneaking movement spaces in on the back of art uh, or vice versa. But I think it shouldn't necessarily be that way. I think both are really important and they're stronger together in a sense because that offers more opportunity uh, for the community, whether it's to enjoy the art or use it as a movement space uh, and just allowing people to kind of get what they would like out of it. So I think both of them can benefit from each other and I don't necessarily want us to think about sneaking them in one more than the other or less than the other. I think we should just update the way that we think about design to incorporate those. And there's plenty of spaces uh, and structures and sculptures out there in the world um, that I would be happy to like discuss if people want to email me or um, I, I also have copies of my presentation if anyone would like to see the actual presentation that has a lot of these examples in. Uh, but there's plenty of spaces that are just like a structure that is clearly artistic and also something that you can move through. Now, I think the shift is going to end up being in the societal norms of who moves in public, how we move in public, is it acceptable to move in public, and also a little bit of this is art, can we touch it, can we interact with it? So kind of trying to shift those societal norms, and that I think will be a slow process, but as long as we keep kind of doing what we're doing and incorporating that art and kind of stretching those boundaries, I think that we'll be able to get there. Terrific. Thank you very much, Melissa. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.